the Spirit lift us higher when we pray. When we Your name be our petition when we pray, when we pray, when we pray, 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 Lord, show us the way, pray, pray. When you pray, just take hold of these commandments. When you pray, know that He is your crying. When you pray, when you For wisdom and not reason When you pray Let his name be your petition When you pray When you pray Oh, when you pray Pray, pray Lord, show us the way Show us
the church. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I come before you, Lord, recognizing that you are supreme in authority. Your power is great in the heavens and the earth, and your anger is shown against all wickedness and the evil imagination of men. Father, I boldly approach your throne yet again, this time asking for grace and mercy for your bride, the church. Your word says that judgment shall begin at the house of God. So let the church bear the greatest indictment because your invisible works are clearly seen, demonstrating your eternal power and divine nature. All men are without excuse. Yet through hypocrisy, we have given place to your enemies to blaspheme your great and holy name. Because of our perversion and deceitfulness, which brings shame to your name, they question whether we are really your children. For this cause, Lord, we are guilty and bear the greater burden. We have been weighed in the balance and been found wanting, yet we refuse to change our path. We have been deliberate in our great trespass before you, Lord, and we are not hidden from your sight. We have provoked you to anger with our foolish and unwise behavior, being spiritually blind and naked, allowing the world to see our shame. Heavenly Father, because you are a God of mercy and great compassion, we come before you in humility that you may examine our ways. We come before you confessing that if we humble ourselves and pray, seek your face and turn from our wicked ways, then will you hear from heaven, forgive our sins and heal our land. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that your hands are not shortened that they cannot save, nor your ear heavy that it cannot hear. We stand before you, Lord, to answer the indictment that has been laid against us and pray that through repentance our sins will be forgiven. For we have done wicked things in your sight, even rebellion against your commandments and your continued reminders and warnings. In the name of Jesus, we acknowledge our shortcomings and weaknesses, seeking to be washed in the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. For we were called to be the salt of the earth, of people that would bear witness to your name, follow your examples, live by your commandments, and set a difference between that which is holy and that which is profane. Instead, our hearts have been pierced with the desires of the world, and we have adopted their ways, chasing after materialism and lust and compromising your standards. We have not sought you for who you are, but for what you can give and how much we can get. We have allowed worldliness into your church and created unholy alliances with the world, calling that which is evil good and that which is good evil, while refusing to take a righteous stand. We have sought validation from the world and coveted the admiration of men who have perverted your statutes for selfish gain. We have shown them all that is in your sanctuary, giving access to thieves and robbers who now make merchandise of your sheep and a mockery of your name. We have failed to protect the innocent, neglected the cries of the poor, and watched as families are being destroyed. We have not sanctified you in the eyes of the people, becoming powerless gift chasers who adorn the things on the outside while failing to address the evil within. We have compromised your word by seeking popularity and friendship with the world, choosing to entertain the masses with our talents and gifts while watering down your word and speaking fables instead of convicting people to change. We stand idle as the innocent are snatched from the womb while we defend the guilty giving them place on your stage. We are consumed with the pursuit of wealth, while at the same time we are robbed of morality, dignity, and holiness. Through compromise and exploitation, we have lost our influence. Through sermonettes and motivational speeches, we have catered to itching ears, and through hypocrisy and double standards, our pulpits have been stripped of power and authority. 
We have even embraced the lifestyles of this world and distorted the meaning of your love instead of preaching the sovereign design and plan of God. We have lost our way, Lord, and given over to the cares of this life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, forgive us, Father, for we bombard your throne with selfish prayers while the world around us declines in decay, drifting further and further away from you. We have been mesmerized by the lust of the world and desensitized by its influences while engaging in unspeakable acts, adultery and fornication, abortions, drunkenness, promiscuity, hatred and insensitivity, drug use, blasphemies, idolatry, man lying with man, women lying with women. We defile ourselves by flooding our minds with pornography, immorality and lust and other kinds of sexual perversion. We have neglected our children and not taught them your ways, putting success and riches before love and direction. We have allowed our marriages to grow cold, harbored unforgiveness, and refused to show affection, while opening the door for the enemy to wreak havoc in our families. We have become a lukewarm church, lacking holiness and obedience to your word, even denying your name, Lord, and abandoning the cross. We have allowed false prophets to operate in the church while embracing false gods and religions. We are in a backslidden state and confess our sins before you. We were all born into this world with something to surrender, but so many of us have refused to let go, choosing to embrace our fallen nature by making excuses for sin, as opposed to trusting your word for deliverance and healing. In doing so, we have denied the power of the cross and the delivering authority of your resurrection. We go down in the water, but never come up, sinking further and further into the depth you gave your life to conquer. We have titles without meaning, performances without actors, services without substance, and buildings that are lifeless when it comes to the real power of God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we repent, Lord, and ask for your forgiveness. Lord, let your anger and fury be held back and let your mercy fall upon us as we repent of our wicked deeds and turn back to you. Let us once again be the people you have chosen to show yourself strong in the earth, that through our examples and trusting your word, the world will once again look to the church for salvation and demonstration of the true power of God. Lord, please hear our cry, incline thine ear, and behold our frail state, that we may eagerly approach your throne with boldness and have confidence at your appearing. Your word says that you will never leave or forsake us, and we come to you by faith, knowing that without faith it is impossible to please you. Deliver us from the guilt of the past, and wipe away all condemnation, for through our sin we have given the enemy access to our lives, and the legal right to carry out his diabolical plan of destruction against us. But now, Lord, through repentance his rights have been revoked. In the name of Jesus, we denounce Satan and his demonic forces of evil, and his rebellion against the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus and the finished work of the cross, he loses all rights to torment, deceive, destroy, afflict, and manifest himself in the lives of your people. And we sever all ties, cooperation, agreement, conspiracy, and relationship with the world and the world system. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we command Satan to loose every stronghold, demonic manifestation, false belief, vice, grip, addiction, spell, and curse right now according to the word of God. We choose you, Lord, and the finished work of the cross, and want no part of Satan and the temptations of this world. I declare right now that we are loosed in your precious name. Lord, we renew our covenant and commitment to you, 
and exercise our choice to faithfully serve you with all of our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. In the name of Jesus, we make a conscious choice to turn back to you and once again follow after your statutes and commandments and pledge our undivided service and devotion to you. But we have been bought with a price and serving you is our reasonable service. So help us, Lord, to be lights in this world, ambassadors of the Most High God and instruments of righteousness, representing your will and not our own. I pray, Lord, that our hunger and thirst for you is never quenched and that you give us both to will and to do your good pleasure, that we as a church may fulfill the calling and purpose that you have spoken over our lives. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we denounce the pleasures of this world, false doctrine and all forms of spiritual adultery. We pray that you expose the synagogue of Satan operating behind church walls, every lying and deceitful spirit and demons operating as the angels of light. Let us not worship or reverence anyone or anything but the true and living God and drive out the spirit of Antichrist. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that you remove all doubts and bring revelation to every distortion of the truth and that we drive out the spirit of Jezebel that teaches fornication, lust, and idolatry, that her curse, seduction, and influence be broken and bound right now in the name of Jesus and erased from the hearts and minds of your people. I ask, Lord, that the depths of Satan operating in the church be exposed and driven out in Jesus' name, that we no longer defile ourselves through the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, hating all evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way, Grant us spiritual discernment that we are not deceived. Let us examine the fruit of a man and not be gift chasers led astray by talents, gifts, and charisma. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that the church will once again be known for its good works, love, faith, dedication, patience, and compassion to all men. That we hate the sin but love the sinner, understanding that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Let us love according to the word of God, standing on the truth, preaching the word in and out of season and making no provision for the flesh while understanding that grace is not an excuse for sin and a justification for heaven. Help us, Lord, to minister without compromise to those seeking the truth and be found without spot or wrinkle, boldly proclaiming the truth of Christ and the power of his resurrection. Let us live and reign with Christ, clothed with holiness and abiding in his presence through eternity. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I speak life into your church and come against all dead things. Let our branches bring forth fruit in their season and our roots be nourished by the waters of life. Let us be called and set apart, chosen and faithful, serving as kings and priests in your kingdom, knowing that we are in the end times, that we be not lulled to sleep by the passing of days, nor deceived by scoffers who deny your coming, but that we are watchful and that day does not overtake us as a thief in the night. We are pilgrims in the earth, and this is not our home. So we look forward to the rapture and second coming of Christ, having faith that the promises of God shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we hold fast to our belief that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh to the Father but by you, and that we never lose our boldness and passion for the Most High God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that we are not weary in well-doing, and that we have a desire to spend quality time in your word and in fellowship with you. That we neglect not the fellowshipping of the saints as we are one in the body of Christ and sealed by the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. That we may all faithfully walk in the calling and purpose we have been given, pressing toward the mark and high calling of Jesus Christ our Lord. 
I thank you, Lord, that you are able to keep that which we have committed unto you against that day, and that nothing we have done is in vain, but all things are accounted to our heavenly account that we may be rich towards God. Lord, let us run this race with patience, looking unto you who has endured the cross and despised the shame for the joy that was set before you, that our names be confessed before the Father and written in the Lamb's book of life. I pray, Lord, that we are steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the love of God, that we may receive a crown of life promised to those who endure unto the end. Now unto God, who knows the beginning from the end, who is our shield in time of trouble, and who causes us to endure the fiery furnaces of life, we give you honor and praise. We proclaim and ascribe greatness to your name, for your deeds are perfect and all that you do is just and fair. You own the cattle on a thousand hills and cause darkness to flee in the presence of light. I pray, Lord, that we demonstrate our gratitude for all that you have done by keeping your commandments. For your word says, Obedience is better than sacrifice, and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Let your word be a light unto our path, revelation in darkness, and our blueprint for all matters pertaining to this life and the one thereafter. It is through you, Heavenly Father, and the power of your might, that one could chase a thousand and two could put ten thousand to flight. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. These things I ask and pray and affirm in Jesus' great and holy name. Amen. 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 Good evening and welcome and thank you for coming back to join us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweeping Bible Study Hour. Oh, yes. It is so wonderful to be back again. Yes, it is. As a family to worship our Heavenly Father. And together. It's together. It is. He said we're two or two more, more gathered in my name on the same accord. He, he is, is in the midst. In the midst. Now, let me tell you, we're here together and uh, on the same accord. We're here to worship and read about our Heavenly Father. So God is in the midst. He's right here with us. So, brothers and sisters, how are you and have you had a blessed day? Yes, it's been a blessed day. Thank the Lord for another day on this side to be here to encourage and to strengthen one another. We want you to get your Bibles ready. And we're going to be talking about resilience helps us to face great stress. Yes, resilience. resilience. Powerful word. It's a powerful word. Powerful so we're going to word. talk about this through the Bible and what God is saying to us as his people. We're going to start with Psalm chapter 46, starting with verse 1. We're going to read verse 1, 2, and 3. All right. Psalm chapter 46, starting at verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, mighty and impenetrable, to temptation a very present and well-proved help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth shall change, and though the mountains be shaken into the midst of the seas, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling and tumult. Selah, pause and calmly think of that. Amen. I tell you, I tell you, man. When you hear that, you know we have a wonderful Lord. A mighty a God. Mighty God. A mighty God that can do all things. He's mighty. All, 
all things all that him. he does for us yes for us so just like we're saying resilient helps us to face great stress threats and difficult times in life now resilience is this is what it means the ability to become strong healthy or successful again after something bad happens yes that's what we gotta remember people who are resilient are able to bounce back from negative experiences and all of us face major or big hardships and stress in life the question is how can we have the resilience to deal with what happens and not to be destroyed emotionally at the same time. Well, you know, God tells us through Him, our strength, what? Lies in Him. Right. So in our weakness, we are our strongest through Christ. That's right. So we must have Christ. We must always go to Christ, regardless of what we go through, regardless of how bad the devil put things on us or pull us down. We must always look up and call on Jesus. As my man, I can't, what was his name? He, he said there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in that name. That's right, power in that name. Uh, you talking about the song? The, the song. Kurt Franklin done one. Ranch Allen. I'm, 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 now, Ranch Allen has done yeah. one, too. He, he, there's power in that name. And when we we do not have faith in the name Jesus, we will fall. Amen. We will fall so low that we will have to look up to get up. That's why Jesus allowed Satan to pull us so low, because we forget. We forget about the power in the name of Jesus. We forget to look up. Mm-hmm. We forget to call on Jesus. We forget what the authority is. We forget who created all things. We forget where the power lies and lies in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And this is why he put it through test. You know, I always look at my man Paul. Mm, yeah. Paul is a fine example in the Bible. He said, Lord, that I know to do, I don't do. That I know not to do, I, I do. do. And what he says, sin, sin is ever before me. It's everywhere. Right. He called <laughs> no up. No matter where I look. Yeah, he called up on Jesus. Because yeah, he, he, he was battling it out. Man, this man was battling it out. He was feeling so bad. He was feeling so weak. He was feeling so helpless. He looked at Jesus and Lord, help me. That I know to do, I don't do that. I know not to do. I, I don't. I, I do it. He said, "Sin lands forever before me. I'm always doing wrong when I know to do right." That's right. That's why God allowed us to fall so deep into dark because we forget how to look up. That's right. Amen. You know, I'm going to talk about this book. It's called Cradles of Eminence, what Victor and Mildred Gozell wrote in the 1960s, but it was also updated in 2004. Well, the book told the life stories of more than 700 people who went through great hardship during childhood. 
These hardships included broken homes, financial struggles, physical or mental problems, and so on. Mm. But all these people had great success in life. Yes, and you know, it's just what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Because they looked up. They kept looking up at Jesus. They didn't keep looking at their problems. They didn't keep looking at where they were and what what happened to them and, and things like that. They kept looking up at Jesus, saying that, I know, I know, and I have the faith, Jesus, that you can pull me out of this, that you can take me from this. See, what our problem is we keep looking at our problems. We keep looking at where we at. Mm. And we keep looking at we can't do no better. Well, we have no faith when we do that. We have no faith in Jesus or what the power of God. God said we have no faith. We can't do nothing for him. That's right. We see we must keep the faith in the one that can do all things, and that's Jesus. Amen. This is why this book that he wrote and the children went through all these things. They done so good in life because they looked at the one that could give them good. Look at the one that could bring them out of darkness. Look at the one that could give them the things that they needed. We look at man instead of looking at God. That's right. And you know, the Bible also tells us of people who have had to face hardships But with the help of God's grace, they bounced back and overcame their problems. True, they went through some very difficult times and were far from perfect. But God was able to use them to do his work because they had the resilience to face the hardship and pressures of life. Now we're going to look at, you know, our favorite one. The patience of Job in this same oh, situation. Oh, that's my man. Now, let me tell you what. If anybody would do some hardship, Job went through some. Now, this is my favorite character of the Bible right mm-hmm. here, Job. I love him because if God can ever give me the faith that this man had, I know I'm going to be all right. You know, uh, we're going to go to... We're going to start with James chapter 5 and verse 10. He's going to go to Job. I'm going to James chapter 5 and verse 10. Okay. James. Chapter 5 and verse 10 and 11. Okay. Okay, James 5, 10. Okay, here we are. All right, James chapter 5, 10 and 11 says, As an example of suffering and ill treatment together with patience, brother, brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. You know how we call those blessed, happy, who were steadfast, who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job. You have seen the Lord's purpose and how he richly blessed him in the end. Inasmuch as the Lord is full of pity and compassion and tenderness and mercy. Amen. So, 
What is it about Job that makes him a good example? He had endurance. He endured. He was patient. No matter how much he was hurting, he endured it. Yes. And that's what he tells us to do. He endured the suffering and the ill treatment with patience. Paul, I mean, uh, Job. Uh, Job. Job. Mm-hmm. God knew he was a man of God. He knew that Job would never let him down. Whatever he went through, Job would always be a man of God. That's right. He, that, that's, that's why he suggested Job to Satan. Mm-hmm. Satan didn't think about Job. God said, hey, look here. Have you ever thought about my well, faithful, Servant Job mm-hmm. and Satan said, uh, Look here, Jesus. Uh, you, you know, I can't do nothing with him. Uh, you got him all covered up and protected. See, God didn't do that because he knew Job would fail. He done that because he knew Job would not lose faith in him because what Satan did. Right. So Satan went on down there and tried to, you know, touch him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And well, he <laughs> comes back and said, look here, God, now, I went down there, there wasn't nothing I can do with Job. You still got your head around me. And you know I can't do nothing wrong you got your head. I, I had you around and protected him. Well, God said, Okay. Well, look here, I, I understand what you're saying. He said, but let me get something clear with you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take my hands out from around me, but I want you to understand what you want to touch, you still can't touch, you'll never touch, and that's his life. Mm-hmm. Now, you can do whatever you want to do with Job. You can touch him in any way you want to touch, but you can't touch his life. Oh, Satan was happy then. Because mm-hmm. he said, if I can touch him in any way I want to, he's going to turn God loose. Mm-hmm. He ain't going to deny him. He ain't going to never want to speak to God no more. He was happy as a baby with a popsicle. <laughs> Oh, he went to skipping on back down there, you know. <laughs> I got him now. He went on back going down there to Job. And he started touching on old Job, broke him out in sores from head to feet. Well, first of all, he lost all his sheep and his camels yeah, and yeah. his oxen and his donkeys. Oh, yeah. And, every, and his kids died. Well, you know that too, then. Yeah, Go ahead. I know yeah. that story. Broke them all out, and then they broke them out in sword. That's right. And, and 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 everything. His kids died. I mean, he took everything Job had. Now here's a woman, the same thing. A woman, just like in the Garden of Eve, mm-hmm. she walks out with her brave self, looked at her husband Job, and said, "Uh, why don't you go on and curse your God to death?" And I mean, curse your God and die to death. But old Job was up on it. He said, look here, woman. 
Yeah, I know not why he saved me. Well, yet I trust him. You talk like a foolish woman. See, that's a man of God. He knew. But now look here. I'm going to let you go here and read that because this is my man. I love the way he talked. He said, but you know what God did? God gave him back three times more than he lost. Yes, he did. Because he kept the faith. He kept the faith in God. He didn't care about losing his worldly goods. He cared about pleasing God. cared about keeping God's hand. Trusted in God. And he got back. I, I never did. I haven't read yet at what happened to that wife of his. But he got everything brand new. That's the kind of man I want to be. I want to be a man. I don't care what happened to me. I want to keep that faith and know that God is God. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to let you Amen. go ahead. Amen. Well, it's a story I'm going to tell. It's a woman that took um, counseling to recover from a serious crisis. So she told her friends the one thing she learned that made the biggest difference and helped her to heal. She said, the counselor used to tell me that my painful situation will come to an end. Mm. So the counselor used to say, life may seem dark now, and your problem may seem as though they will never end. But your hardship will not last too much longer. All right. So Amen. this thought helped me Amen. gain resilience. In other words, the counselor kept the woman's hope alive. All right. So how do we grow in patience? How do we grow? Well, you know, you see, that's some things we got allowed us to have. I'm getting ready to tell you. Oh, okay. Here's another story. <laughs> the young man explained, okay, George Goodman of England once received a young man who needed his prayers. The young man explained his need directly. Mr. Goodman, I wish you would pray for me that I might have patience. So the elderly man answered, yeah, I will pray for you that you may have trouble. All right. He said, uh-uh, no, sir. The young man answered, it is patience that I want. Goodman said, I understand, and I will pray for you that you may have trouble. So the Bible teaches, open his Bible and read. Let's go to Romans chapter 5 and oh, verse 3. You know, that's my book. I Romans wrong. chapter 5. And verse 3. I like Romans 5, please. Yeah, okay. I got it. Let's go. Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exalt and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. Amen. See? Exactly what I was getting ready to say. God will allow us to go through. If we want patience, we got to go through something. Suffering, <laughs> trouble, pressure, That's affliction. What, you know, I can't tell you about hardship if I haven't been through any. 
You know, God, patience comes from going through things, waiting on God to mend and heal what you are going through. That is correct. That's patience. That's patience. We cannot learn to be patient unless we go through something. If we don't go through nothing, how can I tell you about patience? How can I tell you how to get patient if I haven't been through anything? That's correct. You see, healing... If I've never been sick, I can't tell you how to be patient to heal. That's right. See, that's why God allowed us to go through things. We get angry. Well, God, you just ain't going to heal me. I've been sick for a whole month and a half. God is building patience in oh, you. Oh, my goodness. Long suffering. Long suffering. Well, Lord, it's two months now. I'm still feeling bad. Well, you're getting patience. Long suffering brings patience. See, the longer you complain, the longer you're going to stay sick. If you shut up, be quiet, you look around, you say, hmm, no, baby, I'm feeling pretty good today. That's right. You say, well, baby, I told you, patient. And you look around, you go another day or two, you say, you know what, I believe Mama get up and walk outside today. Because she quit complaining and God started healing. So sometimes we suffer long because we have no patience. And the more you complain, the longer you suffer. Because God said, I'm going to teach you patience. If I have to let you stay sick three more months. So sometimes it's best to shut your mouth and suffer and moan and groan and let God heal you and get some patience. I love God because he's good. He, is. he teaches me in the way he knows how to teach me, and he gets to glory. Yeah, you're right about that. You definitely do. You know, the story of Job offers a perfect example of resilience. Mm. Earlier in this life, Job understood that God was merciful yes. and righteous. Yes. But Job did not understand the reasons for his suffering. No. He did not find support from his wife, like you said. His property and children were destroyed. Then he got a horrible disease. But mm -hmm. Job never lost his faith in God. He held on until his trouble was over. And he, even his friends said, Joe, yes. you, you, you sinned. You yes. done something wrong, Absolutely. Joe. You, you done something wrong because God, God didn't make you suffer like this for no reason. Joe, you sinned somewhere down the line. You done some sin. So his friends even turned their back on him. That's correct. No. You know, we can also look at, uh, we're going to play a song and we can come back and talk a little bit about Joseph too. Oh, Okay, we'll be right so back. So hold on, we're going to come back with more resilience. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64, the Mr. and Mrs. Thing Bible Study Hour.
Yeah, I love that. That we I like we, that praise. Yeah. What was the name of that? Glory to glory, glory to glory. That's right. Glory Amen. to glory to glory. That's Amen. right. Amen. Just, that's right. If you just joined us, you are listening to LPJ sixty four on Mister and Mrs. Thing Bible Study Hour, and we're talking about resilience in a time of great stress. Because yeah. you know we all gonna go through some. Uh, I mean, the whole world right now, yes. the whole Born world is in great stress. It's been shaken up. Yes, it's been shaken in up the whole world. Way. In some kind of way. 
uh, it's been shaken up. And mm. so if the world is shaken up, you better believe we Everybody is shaking up. That's right. We're going to talk about Joseph also. Joseph, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 37 and verse 19 through 28. Genesis chapter 37, we're going to start with verse 19. And they said one to another, See, here comes this dreamer and master of dreams. So come on now, let us kill him and throw his body into some pit. Then we will say to our father, Some wild and ferocious animal had devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. Now Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of the hand by saying, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit or well that is out here in the wilderness, and lay no hand on him. He was trying to get Joseph out of their hands in order to rescue him and deliver him again to his father. So when Joseph had come to his brothers, they stripped him of his distinctive long garment which he was wearing. Then they took him and cast him into the well like a pit which was empty and there was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat their lunch. When they looked up, behold, they saw a caravan of Ismaelites coming from Gilead, Gilead, with the camels bearing gum, of the bomb, the bearing gum bomb, and myrrh or lanamon, going on their way to carry them down to Egypt. And Judah said to his brother, What do we gain if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, the Arabians who are approaching, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brothers consented. Then as the Mennonite and Ishmaelites merchants were passing by, the brothers pulled Joseph up, lifted him out of the well, and they sold him for twenty pieces of silver to the Ismaelites who took Joseph. So, when you read that, so try to put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Joseph must have been very discouraged. So think about how he could have been very angry and bitter of what his brothers did. But the Bible does not tell us the detail of what Joseph's emotions were. Right. But it is not hard to imagine the pain that he suffered from such experience. But you know what Joseph did? Joseph turned to the Lord at these times. So in the end, good things came out of these events. After being sold by his brothers, <coughs> Joseph actually experiences conversion and a much closer relationship with God. Joseph had been told of the Lord's promise to Jacob and how they had been fulfilled. Joseph also had been told how the angels of God had come to instruct, comfort, and protect Jacob in his time of suffering. And Joseph had learned of the love of God and providing a Savior for all people. Now all these precious lessons came very clearly to Joseph's mind. He believed that God of his father would be his God. Joseph then and there gave himself fully to the Lord. Yes, but you see what happened to mm -hmm. Joseph and 
Oh, he, they, he they wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill him, but... And them were his brothers, flesh and blood. But he became what? He become. He became, he turned to the Lord. Yeah, he turned to the Lord. And then he went over and they made him what? They made him a king. They made oh, him yeah. a king. He was unfairly and, thrown and, 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 and all this stuff happened to him. And, he was thrown in prison and yeah, he experienced and, open oh, yeah. for the... For Joseph the path to the court of Pharaoh. Yeah. Yes. And then he and once he became king, he said, Go get my brothers. Yeah. Bring them to me. I think their brothers did come. Uh, yeah. But they didn't know that Joseph he was the king was the, until they got there. And he told them, Well, come on in. Let's eat. Eat. Let's have sit down and eat. But what, he, but didn't, he, go ahead. he didn't hold any anything against them. He, yeah. he forgave them. See, by being forgiven and everything, God put him up, up, up above them, even though they were jealous of him from the beginning because uh, the what their father thought about him. And uh -huh. He still put him up higher Because than of the, the jealousy and the anger right. and the bitterness that his brothers showed towards right. him. Right. And he thought they were, he was hiding but he was high enough then to have their life taken. He sure was. He was high enough then to have them thrown in the lion's den or whatever den he wanted to put them in. But he didn't do that. So, you know, God used that opportunity to save many souls in Egypt as well as Joseph's own people. That's, there you go. So that's, that's what God do with us sometimes. He mm -hmm. allow us to fall so deep to, re to rebuild us oh, yeah. that we may help someone and be a light in their life That's true. to show them the way to him so he gets the glory. Amen. If we allow him to do that. By not, by, by not being bitter, by not being, by not hating, right. by not being jealous, and we just only show the love of Jesus that he can bring us up that we can be a light in someone's life and so they can see Jesus through us. But we got we to gotta allow him to work in our lives so we can be that. That's what Joseph did. Joseph didn't, he, he didn't hate, he didn't hold no, uh, no hostility. He turned to the Lord. And he went to the Lord and the Lord made him a king and he had the opportunity to seek revenge, but he didn't. And he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He showed the love of Christ. Yes, he did. He showed the love of Christ to his brother. Well, and he showed resilience, steadfastness, that's, endurance. That's right. He just let them see the love of Christ in him because he could have seek revenge. He could have had them killed. He could have had them thrown in the dungeon. Mm -hmm. He could have had a million things under them. But he just showed the love of Christ because what they thought he was better, he, at this time he was. He was a king. But he, right. he still did not change and he still showed the love. So we need to sometimes say, Lord, what do you want me to do? You brought me up from nothing. What do you want me to do? Show the love of Christ. Amen. So we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 and 4. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 and 4. Right, 3 and 4. Here we go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of sympathy 
pity and mercy in the God who is the source of every comfort, consolation, and encouragement, who comforts, consoles, and encourages us in every trouble, calamity, and affliction, so that we may also be able to comfort, console, and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble or distress with the comfort, consolation, and encouragement with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Mm. So God does not want us to suffer when we do not need to. In fact, the environment Jesus has prepared for us in heaven is without tears and pain. Oh, without sickness, without anything. Anything that we go through here on this earth, God wipes that away so we won't have to go through that in heaven. But we wait for that promise to be fulfilled. But until then, we must remember that suffering and pain can teach us important lessons. One, being kind, humble, and understanding good and evil are some of the lessons we can learn. It is difficult to believe that suffering can help us when we are going through pain. But we can ask God for the necessary strength to pass through hardships. That's what we got to remember. Yes. That's why he's there. to, To help you in your need. Yes. He's there to help you when you're in your need. He actually is. You know, and Ruth. You know, in Ruth chapter 1, what are some of the bad experiences that Naomi had? In Ruth chapter one, we're gonna look in. We're gonna read some of Ruth chapter one. Okay. Let me start chapter one and verse one. Okay. Ruth okay. chapter one. All right. Starting at verse one. Okay. In the days when the judges ruled. There was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem of Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He, his wife, and his two sons. The man's name was Emelach, and his wife's name was Naomi, and his two sons were named Mahan and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem of Judah. They went to the country of Moab and continued there. But Emelach, whose Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They took wives of the woman of Moab. The name of one was Oprah, and the name of the other was Ruth. They dwelt there for about ten years. And Malon and Shilion died also, both of them. So the woman was bereft of her two sons and her husband. Then she, then she rose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in Moab how the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she left the place where she was, her, do- her two daughters-in-law with her, and they started on their way back to Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to your mother's house, 
And may the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find a home and rest, each in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband tonight and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it is far more bitter for me than for you that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they wept aloud again, and Oprah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung to her, and Naomi said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her God. Return after your sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Urge me not to leave you, or to turn back from following you, for where you go, I will go. Where you will lodge, I will lodge. Your people should be my people, and your God, my God. I'm not going to continue. I'm going to stop right there, but you can continue to read that later. But it must be scary for someone to leave his or her country and settle somewhere else. The famine in Judah forced Emelag, Naomi, and their two sons to move to the country of Moab. Moab was a farming area where they could get food. But the people of Moab worshipped idols. Yes. And the Moabites' practices did not mix well with Jewish beliefs. So this must have caused many serious problems for the newcomers. So sometime after selling in Moab, Naomi's husband died, like we read, and a mother and son found themselves in a strange land, and they didn't have no protection. No, they didn't have no protection at all. She and then her son died. Yeah, and the son died. So here's two women there, what? With no protection. Yes. On their own. No. Exactly. And so this, this fact may have caused problems in the family because of great religious differences between the sons of Naomi and their brides. So the law did not prevent marriage between Jews and the Moabites. But the Bible said that Moabites or their future children could not enter the assembly of the Lord until after the ten generations. That's in uh, Deuteronomy 23 and 3. Wow. So later on, the sons, Malon and Kilon, whose names meant sickness and wasting, also died. So it is hard to imagine a sadder event in the life of Naomi. Yeah, no, you gotta wait for 10, ten generations go by before you can even uh, marry again. Yeah. And that's a long, that's a long time, 10 generations. Yeah, and that said, more bites their future children could not enter the similar law until after 10 generations. Wow. So, you know, during her worst time of trouble, Naomi's daughter-in-law, Ruth, Serve as her emotional support. That mm. was a blessing. That right was there. a blessing. Yeah, because she thinks she didn't have to do that. But yes, she did. She cared so much for her mother-in-law that she wanted to go and spend by her side. 
She exactly. found no need for another husband. She wanted to support her mother-in-law. She loved her that much. Right, because, you know, she must have been a wonderful woman because she had an inspired the devotion, deep affection of her two daughter-in-law, especially Ruth. Ruth was the one who accepted the God of Israel. Mm -hmm. So Ruth also made the firm decision to care for her mother-in-law in a land where its people were her enemies. And that's something. Yeah, that's something. But, you know, her mother-in-law did not ask this of them. Well, right, she, wanted, she told she them to go wanted, back to their, yeah, her, she, their people. Yeah, she wanted them to stay with their people so they could have a life. But exactly. But you, you, you're talking about true godly love. It was. She inspired her so much yeah. that she wanted to go, oh, your people is my people. And so, you know, in chapter 2, through four tells us of the beautiful chain of events that ended up in a happy family arrangement. Naomi left behind terrible suffering and lived to witness the marriage of Ruth and Boaz. Mm. So Ruth gave birth to Naomi's grandson, Obed, the father of Jesse and grandfather of David. And that, that's so that was, blessing. That, was, that was a blessing that come out of that. Yes. That was a blessing that Absolutely. came out of that. God blessed them. For, um, for doing the things that they did and showing the love towards each other as the way they did. And that's what he's showing us in the Bible about the suffering of so many people in the Bible that they were resilient, they were steadfast, they endured. Mm -hmm. No matter what the pain was, they trusted God that much. Yep, that, that's what they so did. So much faith. And that's why, that's another thing that, that, you know, pain and suffering helps us to strengthen our faith and totally put your trust in God, even through pain and suffering. Well, you think about, it. we can put trust and faith in a man, oh. we go in that night with that doctor and we have enough mm. faith for him to do that. For him to do that. But when it comes to God, we have no faith at all. No, I trust uh, have faith in God right. before I do man. Man, God said, "Trust no man, for a man will let you down. Man yeah. will, man will deceive you. Man will let you up down. He just, he's just like you. He have a corrupt heart. Yes, you know. So yes, I trust the heavenly Father. You know that's why throughout trials and tribulations, and through what we go through in this life. You know, it helps us to keep the hope because of what his word says. I will keep you in your time of trial. Right. I will strengthen you with my righteous right hand. Well, I always thought, you know, when I think I'm going through something, I always look at the cross. Amen. And oh, I have, wow. I'm, I realize I'm not going through nothing. Right. When you compare the cross to what you're going through. When you compare what Jesus, Christ, what Jesus Christ went through for you, wow. you are not going through anything. When you compare what Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ went through on that cross for so your sin, not his, but your sin, Amen. then you can look up and say, thank you, Jesus. I'm not giving up anything to be with you. It's, it's worth the battle. It's worth the battle. I can 
Continue on doing what I'm doing. Or I can trust you through what I am going through. through. That is donating me doubting. Because, Lord, what you went through for me, I shouldn't have to doubt at all. Amen. You're so right. So, so right. You know, um, as we continue in this life, we're going to look at also at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. Okay. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. Okay, okay. Philippians oh. chapter 4 and verse 11 says, okay. Go ahead, I got you. Now that I am implying, not that I am implying that I was in any personal want, for I have learned, I have learned how to be content, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state. I am. Well, you know, that's what Jesus told To be content. No matter what you're going through. In life, wherever you're at, with whatever you have, with whatever you want, with yes. whatever you drink, be content. No matter what your struggle is right now, those dark clouds will pass. They will pass. That's, that's our biggest problem in life. Yes. Satan makes us always want more. Always need more. Mm -hmm. Always got to have more. Got to be content. Wherever you are in life, be content. If you are, then Satan won't have as big a control of you as he does. Because Satan is the one that always makes you feel you need more. You need more. You got to have more. When, you know, those are wants, not your needs. God right. gives you your needs. Satan gives you your wants. And wants never stop. It's like a disease. Mm -hmm. It's like a tapeworm. The more you feed a tapeworm, the more it won't. It never stops eating. You know what? And also we're going to read verse 12 and 13 okay. in that same chapter. I know how to be abased and live humbly in straightened circumstances. I know also how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency and enough to spare or going without and being in want. 13. I have strengthened for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ Jesus. All right. And when you have, when you're there, there's nothing you need. That's because right. all you need is in Jesus Christ. All you need is All in you need is in Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the center, should be the center of your joy that keeps you in every circumstance. Now, he didn't say you wouldn't be angry sometimes. He didn't say you wouldn't cry sometimes. He didn't say you wouldn't be sad sometimes. sometimes. But through it all, he's going to keep you. He'll strengthen you. He'll teach you patience, love, humility, and long-suffering. And those are the fruits 
Other spirit. spirit. Right. That's right. Amen. Amen. And you should see those fruits of the spirit more than you do sadness, unhappiness. You should see more joy, love, care, kind, yes. praise. You should see more of those things than you do unhappiness. So no matter what you're going through right now, God is faithful. That's right. So if you haven't tried them, you need to try them today. That's right. You need to try right now. As he said, there is joy in, in the, the morning. morning. That's right. There is joy in the morning. So we just want to thank you for joining us right here on LPJ 64. We had a great Bible study. We're going to play a song, come back with closing comment, prayer, and also email address. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweetland.
Discouragement sieges us. In these dreadful hours, we must learn to trust and to, to depend solely on what Jesus has done for us on the cross. In all our helpless unworthiness, we need to throw ourselves upon the crucified and risen Savior. We should never perish while we do this. Never. So when light shines on our pathway, it is no great thing to be strong in the strength of grace, but to wait patiently in hope when dark clouds surround us requires faith and surrender. When we surrender to Jesus, our will, desires, plans become swallowed up in the will of God. Amen. Amen. There you go. There surrender. You go. Surrender all to Jesus, as that song says. That's right. That's what Kurt Carl said. Why, Why not, not trust, trust God again? That's right. again. again. So we just want to thank you for joining us tonight. And now we're going to have prayer. A mind to pray. Dear almighty and omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways 
so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. 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 And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. Keep the faith. Keep going. Because God will give you that strength. So keep on hanging on. So if you need prayer, if you have any Bible questions, you can email us at robtgina50 at gmail.com. And we come on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Thank you so much for joining us each and every Monday and Wednesday. And have a blessed night. Good night.